Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Drafts, where tech starts. Quickly capture text and send it almost anywhere. Learn more at getdrafts.com. And what didn't really show up on the video, and what I didn't notice until after I filmed my A-roll, is when you hold your finger against the Touch ID sensor, that label actually fills up. So it fills up as it's it's authenticating. And it's quick, too. So if you're not paying attention to it, you won't notice it. I didn't notice it for about four or five days. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. We're joined by return guest Chris Lawley. Chris was one of the select few that was given an iPad Air by Apple to review on his YouTube channel. We discussed in depth the iPad Air 4th generation, the new 8th generation iPad, creating videos with LumaFusion, and much more. Make sure to check out his awesome iPad Air review on YouTube. With that said, if you'd like to support this podcast, there are a few ways to do just that. First off, download Drafts on the App Store. Drafts is an app I use on a daily basis. It is also frequently featured by Chris as one of his essential productivity apps. It is an all-around incredible text app and one that every iPad Pro should be using. The second way to support this podcast is just by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review goes a really long way in signaling to Apple to show this show more in search. You can also get episodes early at patreon.com slash iPadPros. With that said... Here's my interview with Chris, all about the new iPad Air. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm uh, really excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So first off, congratulations for being included uh, in this round of embargoed reviews for uh, the iPad Air. Uh, we're at, what, the fourth generation now? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I kind of feel bad. Uh, you asked me to be on the show a little earlier, and I was like, um, I can't tell you why and can't talk about it. But let's wait. <laughs> uh, so I, I apologize, but no, I'm I'm excited to be here, and uh, we can talk about the iPad Air and anything else you want to ch- chat about. Excellent. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's busy fall, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so busy fall, as we all know. This was not the only iPad. You also reviewed the eighth generation standard iPad. Yes, that was released earlier. Uh, introduced mm-hmm. at the same event. Anything of note about that iPad? Before I move on to the more exciting air. So there's really only two changes to that iPad. Uh, first off, it has the A12 processor now. Uh, so it's a bit faster. It's noticeably faster. I, I actually own the seventh generation iPad and kind of was playing around with them both at the same time. And this, it, it's definitely noticeably faster. And it also has a USB-C uh, brick in the box. It's So it's a USB-C to lightning cable and a USB-C charging brick. So, That's fascinating. Uh, no more USB-A for the iPads, uh, unless the iPad, unless they didn't change out the iPad mini one, which they yeah. may not have. I don't know. I mean, they've been updating uh, the iPhones, the old ones, to remove stuff. So they might be swapping out everything to USB-C for the chargers they are including. That would be nice. Uh, The one thing that kind of makes me a little curious is uh, at the iPhone event, they talked about, oh, everyone has all these charging bricks. uh, So you don't, you don't, we're we're not going to put them in the box anymore. But if they change all the cables to USB-C to lightning, everyone will be buying those bricks now. Yeah. Now everyone's going to be buying those bricks again. So I'm, I'm a little like eyebrow raised when it comes to the whole, like we're doing it for the environment statement. I, I'm sure that's. I'm sure they're not lying. I'm sure that's a part of it. It's helpful, but, I, but it's also yeah. a money a generator. Uh, something that I just thought of is they might just not want to make the USB A bricks anymore. It's like we're done making these. Yeah, the C ones are bigger and more expensive. You guys can buy those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and 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 USB C will charge faster than USB A. Um, you can, you know, the the standard USB C charger is twenty watts as opposed to Apple's standard USB A one, which was five watts, which makes me laugh because it's been five watts since like the original iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and MagSafe is fifteen watts, so it can't even do a yes. MagSafe fully. Yeah, MagSafe is fifteen, but that's okay to me. Fifteen's great. I mean, twenty is what fast charging yeah 20 is fast charging for the iphone 30 is fast charging for the ipad yeah ipad like the newer ipads and i think 15 wireless is different from 15 wired i think still 15 wired would be faster than 15 wireless but i might be wrong there. yes yeah no i i believe you're correct um because there is the, this is now we're getting into the physics you lose here stuff in the, you uh, lose transfer. yeah 
exactly yeah you start to lose uh heat and energy in between the transfers so yes exactly so 15 watts is probably more like 12 or 13 that's not scientific don't quote me on that but it's probably more reasonable like that it should still be better than that five watt charger you were using a couple years ago (laughs) yeah absolutely and i i don't know about you but i charge my iphone at night so yep uh, I, I just leave it on the leave it on my nightstand. It charges, so I'm not too worried if it's if it's slower charging at night because some of the really cool things that were introduced in iOS 11 was it or I was it? No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're on iOS 14. Yes, we are. Uh, wow, it's been a long it, it's been a long couple of weeks. You're talking about the charging thing where it. Uh... Uh, yes, yeah, where it learns your charging habits, yep. so it'll like basically get it to about eighty percent and wait, and then it'll so, top it off. Yeah, yeah. yep, it, that's a nice little feature. It is, yeah. So this iPad, that's what three twenty nine is. Yeah, so for the base one, it's three twenty nine. Uh, but my problem with that is it's thirty two gigs, but you yep. can get it to go up to one hundred and twenty eight. And I don't have that price in front of me. I don't remember I what like it 400? is. I think it's a very low increase in price. It, it's not that much more. And yeah. basically, what I told everyone is, do not buy the thirty two gig one unless you use it as a. And then video, you mentioned what, like it just a shortcuts uh, server. Just yeah. Have it up as that. Yeah. I mean, that would work. Like you could, if you wanted, if you wanted to use something like push cut and launch cut, um, a 32 gig version would be fine for that. But even still for the price difference, just go with the I, higher just, storage. just go with the hundred because you might want to use it as something else down the road. Like yeah. y- you never know. The one thing I'm, I'm actually putting together like an iPad buyer's guide video right now. And uh, the one thing that I, I keep talking about in this video, or I keep mentioning in my outline, I haven't actually filmed it yet, so it's just an outline right now, is you, can, you can't upgrade the storage in an iPad. And every time I say that, I always get a few people that comment and say, well, you can use an external hard drive. Not the same but at not, all. Not the same, exactly. You can't install apps to it. It's even less not the same than on the Mac, where you can use external yeah. storage. You can boot from an external drive on the Mac. You can't do that Yeah, iOS. Yeah, no, you, you can't install apps on it. You can't uh, put your music library there you can't put your photos library there unless you want to like manually put like your photos and manually put your music and manually play them one at a time like or in an external app some like third-party app that's not the music yeah yeah but even still like that doesn't sound like a fun time to me and the ipad is meant to be a portable computer and having to plug an external hard drive into it it doesn't it no it's it's not a way to live people like it's not even if you have like an sd card hooked up via some kind of dongle thing it's not great yeah i i know a lot of people especially video editors and stuff like that that unfortunately they just have to edit off external hard drives because they don't have enough space on their computers and what they did is they took uh like velcro tape and put it one side on the hard drive and <laughs> one side on the back of the MacBook yeah. uh, like monitor. That way it's always there and they can just plug it in if they want. And it's on Velcro so they can detach it pretty easily. Right. That does not sound like fun. Nope. Uh, I the last iPad gener- like last iPad Pro update, I decided I'm buying the one terabyte iPad. I'm always going to buy the biggest tier of storage of the iPad Pro, and I will never look back. I'm yep. a video editor. We are I both need it. on the one terabyte plan right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, did you get the 2021 or are you still on the 2018 one? 2020. 2020. That's right. We we talked about this last time. I went from 2017 or 26, 2017 to 2020. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, the, um, oh, wow. Oh, you, so you, that's right. You skipped the 2018 ones. Yep. Um, Was not ready right. for me it, yet. I, the Magic Keyboard is what got me over the edge <laughs> yeah the the magic keyboard is nice uh it is probably it's still one of my favorite accessories if not just tech products of 2020 it's completely changed how people can how i use the ipad it's oh yeah remarkable. i mean it's it's changed the way i edit video it's changed the way I, I do everything um and by speeding up my workflow by giving me that extra input method of the trackpad and also the the keyboard's really nice to type on as well it's so weird to think that like earlier this year i was touching my screen for everything and now i'm using the trackpad more so than touch in a lot of ways yeah i i would agree too i would say i'm like 75 percent like when the ipad is in the magic keyboard this is i would say i'm 75 percent uh on the trackpad and about 25 percent using the touch screen i i don't know about you but i basically have stopped using the apple pencil i i can't really draw oh it's funny so when i'm not using the trackpad i'll yank it off the keyboard and i'll use the pencil to navigate the ui and my finger 
touches the screen, but it's probably the least percentage out of all the uh, <laughs> input options. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not much of a, a an artist. I can't really draw or anything. Um, I use the Apple Pencil a lot over the summer to test out Scribble and all the other stuff for my uh, iPadOS uh, 14 walkthrough video. Yeah. But like since then, since on the other side of that now, I mostly am just using it to like test out new apps that really focus on Apple Pencil updates so I can do some videos on that stuff. But for my personal usage, I don't use the pencil as much anymore. Like I, I was before trackpad came along, I was using it for everything to edit videos, edit audio and Fairlight. Mm-hmm. And and now I just I don't use it for much at all. Uh, huh. And I and I think there's a clear division between ipad users now like there's definitely some that prefer keyboard cases and trackpads and there's definitely some that's like nope i will take maybe a smart cover and the apple pencil so i can hand write out my notes or draw like there's a lot of youtube videos i don't know if you've seen these or not but like there's like a whole genre of like here's my good notes notebooks and here's how i like kind of organize them and write in them and stuff like that and they're really fascinating to me um but my handwriting is terrible and i could never make one of those right yeah it's impressive to see what people can do with that. Mm-hmm. So, iPad Air fourth generation, yes, was announced last month in September. It is now October and has been released or will be released on Friday. I should say it's available for pre-order as we record. When this episode goes mm-hmm. live, it'll be available and you can get it. And uh, first off, uh, I just have to ask about how does this iPad feel in the hand with no keyboard or anything. How does it compare to the Pro? Is it noticeably lighter in any way? Does it feel different in the hand? So uh, in my video, I compared it to the 11-inch iPad Pro because I just feel that's a better comparison than comparing it to the 12.9. Totally. It feels about the same in the hand. It's actually... 0.04 pounds lighter so not that noticeable but it makes it an even pound which is kind of brings it closer to the ipad mini because the ipad mini i believe is just under a pound in weight and i guess if you added if you added cellular would probably bring it up to match your wi-fi pro i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) probably probably right around there i just remember when uh the ipad mini weighs less than a pound i i know that but i can't remember what it is off the top of my head it feels really good. Like I was, I, when I got it, I was just, you know, sitting with it. I, I waited a while before I put it in like any case or anything. I just wanted the traditional iPad experience. I, I sat there, used it. One of my favorite things about it actually is the lock button. So the lock button on the iPad Air is about a third bigger than the iPad Pro's lock button. Okay. And it's, it just has the satisfying feedback. Now, also, the iPad Air, it, while it has the new iPad Pro design, it does not have Face ID. It has Touch ID, and Touch ID lives in that lock button. It's it's very satisfying lock button. <laughs> I'm, I'm a mechanical keyboard lover. I, I think we talked about this last time, yeah. too. I, I love the feedback certain buttons can give and and this this one totally falls in that category uh so i i kind of went on about that in my uh review of it and i i i highly doubt anyone actually cared um other than maybe maybe like apple engineers or engineers in general i mean there is something Um, satisfying about a really well-designed button like and this is the iphone se the original iphone se that home button just feels great to click that thing and yeah buns can if they're done well they can feel great yeah who doesn't love a good button you know who, yeah it's it's true <laughs> yeah but but touch id is also in that button and it's it works great in fact i've been on this ipad air as like my main computer for so long i, I tweeted this out this morning after i posted my review and everything that I I grabbed my iPad Pro because I had a a work project I needed to work on. So I grabbed that and I kept putting my finger on the lock button for my iPad Pro and it wouldn't unlock. I was like, what's going on here? And then I had to think about that first. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not how this one works. (laughs) (laughs) Is the uh, covering to that button the same material as you would find on the old home buttons? Is that the same material or is it a different material? Um, It has been so long since I've had a Oh, you know what? I have the eighth chicken iPad. Hang on one second. It's kind of hard to tell, too, because the uh, iPad Air I have is blue. Right. Which is a very, very subtle blue. Um, But, I mean, it it does kind of feel similar. Kind of. But I would say the iPad Air one is much more satisfying to, like, click and hit. 
the the home button on like the eighth gen iPad is still kind of mushy. Just like the texture, though. I mean, just like the oh, the covering oh, material. Yeah. Is it uh, the similar kind of? It feels like almost like a kind of like glossy, glossy something. Kinda, kinda. kinda. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm probably not the best to compare those two. But okay. Um, they're they're. I would say it's it's a very interesting button that's definitely different than the current lock buttons on any Apple devices. Yeah. I'd love to see this make its way to future iPads. Something I noticed today after seeing all these reviews is I bought a free app in the App Store and I tried to double click the side one and failed. And I would love just Touch ID just to make that experience better. Yeah, I uh I'm with you on that. Every anytime I go to like buy something from the App Store or my iPad Pro, I usually lock the iPad in the first attempt because I don't hit I don't double click it fast enough. And it would be also more secure. It'd be like double authentication for buying stuff. Yeah. And then also sometimes like when my iPad is in the like the magic keyboard case or something, when I go to hit the button to trigger face ID, sometimes my arm will be covering the face ID sensor so it won't work. I would love to see like like touch ID come like kind of marry itself with face ID. Like, yeah, I love face ID for unlocking my device. I think like sitting down at the iPad and when I have it in a keyboard case or paired with a keyboard, just double tapping the space bar, which first tap wakes it up. Second tap, first tap wakes it up and then we'll trigger face ID. And then the second tap will just open it up and put you right on the home screen. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite things. Like it's great. Uh, I, you know, I don't have to type a long password or anything. It just triggers. Boom. Good to go. Uh, but like on the iPhone, especially right now with COVID and everything going on and everyone wearing masks, um, I, I am kind of surprised Apple didn't bring Touch ID to the iPhone 12. I'm a little surprised about that one. I'm sure they would have if they could have, you know, maybe next yeah, year. Yeah, but I, it, Apple's Apple's such a big company and they have such resources that it just seems like it, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it would have fit. It just it's just kind of a surprise to me. Like this would I think they it would been sell killer. so many more. Yeah. There there would have been so many more sold um if Touch ID was on there. Because I, I don't know about you, but when I have had to go out, no, are are you're still on the original SE, so you don't you don't have oh, yeah, I still got the here. Touch yeah. ID, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're you're just smart than the rest of I'm us. I'm about <laughs> to experience the Face ID world with masks. So Yeah, this this is an unfortunate time to start off in Face ID because Face <laughs> ID on the iPhone is great. I, I absolutely love it. I like it more than Touch ID on the iPhone, but I had weird issues with Touch ID on the iPhone uh, that I, I'm not having now with this iPad Air. Okay. Yeah, I was about to ask about just responsiveness. So it's a smaller surface area, but it's just as fast as the larger home buttons. It's incredibly fast. I, I <laughs> trying to film it was kind of a pain because <laughs> of how fast it was. I would try and film the screen and I'd be like, okay, I need like a three second shot of it unlocking. Slow so motion, I'd have right? to like wake the. Well, I didn't want to do that because okay. then it would make it seem like it uh, slowed yeah, down. Yep. So like, what I ended up doing is I'd like have to wake up the screen, pause for a second and then put my finger on it and then it would trigger it, it's it's incredibly fast like nobody can say face or touch id isn't fast on the ipad air how was training it was that slower no no it was fine um when you set up the ipad uh basically it has you set it up in an or uh, a landscape or however you're holding in sure. first so let's just say you're setting it up in landscape orientation it has you uh, train whatever finger is on that side. So for me, it was my left index finger. So mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, do that one, train that one, and then would have you rotate it into portrait mode. And then I trained my right index finger. Okay. It, it was totally fine. It, it worked great. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the, the training is great. You can still add more fingers. Um, so if you want to add like one of your other fingers, you can, or if you have yep. like a spouse or somebody else you live with that Up you want five still, right? Yeah. Uh, sure. We'll, we'll go with that. I don't okay. remember off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since you've used touch ID on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, using the eighth gen iPad, uh, was my first time using touch ID probably since the 2018 iPad, sure. I guess. Oh, no, no, I refuse. I, yeah, tw uh, no, 2018 was when the iPad Pros with Face ID came out. Yep. Uh, and, but I guess I, I did review the seventh generation iPad as well, so I guess okay. I would have used Touch ID in there too. So, but yeah, no, I haven't. You had to use it in a while, so it was it was kind of weird to get back to. 
there was a lot of times at first when I'd sit down and I'd be like, okay, why isn't face ID triggering on this thing? Yeah. Because it looks just like the 11th, uh, the 11 inch iPad pro. I really love the touch ID labeled on the screen to show you, Hey, here's where the button is. It's just such a nice touch. And what didn't really show up on the video and what I didn't notice until after I filmed my A-roll is when you hold your finger against the touch ID sensor, that label actually fills up. Oh, that's so cool. So it fills up as it's as it's authenticating and it's quick, too. So if you're not paying attention to it, you won't notice it like I didn't. I didn't notice it for about four or five days. Um, and I was like, oh, hey, that's cool. Um, so you can actually see it in my video. Um, but I didn't notice it until after I had already filmed the A-roll part. And my A-roll, my, the original cut of this video was actually 45 minutes long. I had to cut it down so to So the extended uh, version's coming out uh, next week? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I have a hard enough time getting people to watch a 20-minute video right. on YouTube. Yeah. Um, YouTube will punish you for putting out a video that long. Right. But yeah, no, um, I ha- I still have a lot of things to say about this iPad that I will be saying in upcoming videos. Excellent. I was just thinking it'd be amazing if uh, the third generation iPhone SE would be full screen, no notch, and just uses Touch ID to get around the whole thing. With the iPhone 12 mini coming out, do you think there will be a third generation uh, SE? Yeah, because uh, SE, it originally stood for a special edition when they originally announced the phone. And um, to me, it's more like, here's a lower cost device at this point, mm. using a mixture of modern and older things. So I don't know. like, Because uh, the mini is $700. So... They still want a phone that's less expensive than that that's also new at some point in the future. But what I could see them doing is maybe next year the iPhone SE goes away and the iPhone 12 mini gets it basically gets put in that price slot. I think it'll get discounted by $100 next year and move down the line like they did this year. I think the SE is on like a three-year cycle and in three years they'll create some kind of SE third generation that things because i also think apple likes selling phones like the se and the apple watch now one model that they can sell for like three years without any revisions i think they really like that gotcha yeah yeah that makes sense uh it's i just pulled up the se webpage and i just realized now the white version has a black front and that looks really nice yeah they switched to that i forget um like what generation they stopped doing white face plates and that's that is a nice change for sure hmm yeah, I mean, the last time I had an iPhone with a home button was the iPhone 7, and that was the one that they actually got rid of the physical home button and went with the the, the whatchamacallit one. Uh, but that had the jet black version, and oh, I love that phone. That was That's probably easily my, my top three favorite iPhones. Yeah, uh, people have very fond memories of that one. Um, too big for me, but people like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, back to iPad land. Yeah. We have colors, sorta. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. most of the reviews I saw got the blue model. There's also mm-hmm. green, which mm-hmm. now that I've seen the blue in the videos, I kind of want to see green in videos to see if it's more color than the blue. Because you're telling me before the show, the blue is kind of hard to show those blue because it's so similar to silver yeah so the blue is a very light blue they call it sky blue so it's i don't think it's misleading at all it's it's it is a very light blue depending what sky you're looking at it could be yeah yeah (laughs) i I mean yeah that's fair um but it it is a very very light blue and it is incredibly hard to film so i had to take what's called an aperture mc which uh for those that don't know it's it's basically this kind of rgb light that has different hues and intensities and stuff like that so in order to get the blue to show up i had to shine blue light that kind of matched that blue on it um to kind of bring it out a little bit uh just because that was the only way i could actually get it to show up i don't think my video looking at it now i don't think it does a very accurate representation of that blue just because i don't have get it, getting really technical on a camera yeah. stuff so i have uh, a canon eos r i film in 8-bit color and I don't think like it could just kind of pick up the subtleties of that blue with my lighting setup and thing like that. If I was shooting in 10 bit or if I could shoot in 10 bit, maybe I could have gotten that, but I couldn't quite get that. But my point is the blue is very subtle on this iPad. 
I haven't seen any of the other colors. Um, I, I saw some videos of the green one and stuff like that. I actually think the green looks really good, but there were some reviews with green. Yeah, there were a couple. I think MKBHD got a green one. Of I course think he I saw did. He had. <laughs> yeah. And then he got the I red think, iPhone as well. So he gets the fun, different colors. Yeah, I, I, I it might. I, I don't know entirely how it works on who gets what kind sure, of thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I I uh, got the blue one. I know a few other people that got the blue one. We all kind of had similar issues when it came to filming it. Uh, it was funny, like after after the embargo dropped and everyone was releasing their reviews, it's like, oh, so you had one too. So, you know, in yeah. YouTube land, we were messing, messaging each other about like all the questions and stuff we had. And it was like, did you have problems getting the blue to show up in a video? And basically everyone was kind of struggling with it and had to come up with uh, really interesting ways to kind of kind of flush out the blue of the iPad. But in person, when you're looking at it in person, it's definitely blue. It's just a very light blue. OK. And you were about to say about you, you'd pick out what color if you're going to buy one yourself. Uh, if I was to buy one myself, I would be getting the blue one. Like, hands yeah. down, I, I'd get the blue one. Um, just because, like, hey, we finally have colors in iPad land here. Like, how, what, don't 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 get the boring one. Get, get the fun one. Green is not uh, a thing you care about? I'm not a big <laughs> fan of that color, that shade of green. Okay. But if I like green, it's going to be, like, a really dark green. It's going to be, like, a uh, kind of... Forest. It's gonna be a yeah. It's gonna be a, a a dark forest green. Like that's the kind of green I like. Kind of like a new, almost a neutral color green. Yeah, I'm kind of um, that way for all the colors. I wish Apple just did dark, saturated colors and none of these wimpy colors for any other devices. Yeah, I mean they they kind of go for the pastel look sometimes, and they, they kind of jump around. I I know some people that like it, and and I get it. Like pe- people like it, and the the one thing that's really nice is if you don't want those kind of pastel colors, is their space gray or what they're calling this version of space gray is probably as close to black as. Uh, space gray will ever get which is kind of nice like it, it looks at least from apple's product images i have again i haven't seen one yeah. um but that's probably as close to black as space gray will ever get it's interesting you're calling it space gray because everything else is graphite this year yeah yeah that, that one's a little weird and also there's so rose gold and like i thought rose gold was done for for a while yeah, yeah it's 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 kind of weird the the color choices and stuff i'm just hoping we start to see color choices in the ipad pro line that's what i really want to see that'd be great yeah this episode is sponsored by Drafts, which just rolled out their iPad OS and iOS 14 update. In this quick break, I want to share a little bit on what makes Drafts such a powerful text utility for the iPad. Drafts does a lot of things great. First and foremost is Capture. You open the app and it's immediately ready for Capture on your iPad. Tap the Apple Watch complication and your watch can be used to immediately capture a dictated note. Speaking of dictation, I've never seen a better way to take dictated notes on the iPad. By some magic, drafts will endlessly loop the built-in Siri dictation so you never need to worry if the dictation will time out on you. The second thing drafts does insanely great is letting you send that text you captured anywhere. Once you send a tweet without getting lost in your timeline, drafts has you covered. Drafts hooks into all of your favorite apps including iMessage, Bear, Ulysses, Evernote, Apple Mail, Dropbox, iCloud Drive, Fantastical, Zapier, Apple Notes, Microsoft OneNote, WordPress, OmniFocus, Reminders, Things, Todoist, and many others. Drafts is the grand central station of text, letting you capture text quickly and get it where you need it right away. Besides all these great app integrations is the vast action directory that lets you automate your text in powerful ways. The incredible community at forums.getdrafts.com can also help you create new custom actions if you need a bit of help perfecting that perfect action for you. The third thing Drafts does great is letting you edit your text. Use the Arrange tool to quickly move blocks, lines, or sentences around. It's an interface that is so intuitive and fun that makes Drafts my go-to place for editing the order of my text. The text composition window is infinitely customizable to make it just right for you. Drafts is free to use with full abilities to create, edit, and sync drafts and run actions installed with the app or from the action directory. If you want even more from Drafts, Drafts Pro unlocks these additional powerful features. Create and edit actions with unlimited flexibility to create, customize, and extend actions. Pre-configure recipients for messages, integrate with third-party apps, or take advantage of advanced scripting. Themes and icons. 
allow you to make the app experience suit your tastes, dark, solarized, and other themes with automatic switching. Customize the app home screen with special icons on iPadOS and iOS. Workspaces. Take control of your drafts list with saved workspaces, which can restore preferred tag, query, and sort settings. Widgets and sharing. With Drafts Pro, you can access drafts directly from widgets. Append and prepend to drafts in the share extension on iPad. Enhanced automation. Access drafts, actions, and features as services utilizing advanced shortcuts on iOS and incoming URL schemes from other apps. And also you get to support development and make sure drafts keeps getting better by being a Drafts Pro user. To learn more, go to getdrafts.com. Download drafts today for free from the App Store. Thanks again to Drafts for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at www.getdrafts.com. So the LCD quality in this iPad Pro, can you see any difference between that and just looking at visually, not ProMotion or anything, just the visual quality of it? Um, no, not really. Um, so it's techni- the, the resolution of the screen is technically smaller than the 11-inch iPad Pro, but that's just because it's a 10.9-inch screen versus an 11-inch screen. But the pixels per inch are still the same between the two devices. Yeah. So technically, the uh, iPad Air has a more dense pixel screen. That's not the technical term that I, yeah. I just can't <laughs> think of it right now. But it technically has more pixels per inch so it should be a sharper screen mm-hmm. uh, putting them side by side you can't you can't tell the difference okay. like you're, you're not going to be able to pixel peep these ipads and like, that point it, one is just like a little bit bigger bezel and it's cutting a little bit out of the screen you can't really notice in day-to-day usage probably exactly like the re- and it's pretty obvious why they made it just a bigger bezel it's on, like the 10R. on this ipad uh, yeah well they wanted to so all the 11 inch iPad Pro accessories work for this iPad Air. So they didn't. The, it's the same Magic Keyboard. It's the same Smart Folio Keyboard. Um, if you have one of the Smart Covers that works for the 11 inch iPad Pro, that'll work on the uh, new iPad Air. Um, so it, it, I think they just kind of wanted to keep that line all the same. Yeah, it's smart. Same thing they did with the 10 half inch iPad Pro, making it work with all the other like the eighth generation iPad works with the old 10 and a half inch screen accessories yep. yep yep so the apple pencil interesting thing here just the refresh rate is the um the old original ipad pro refresh rate i heard renee point out that they use the a14 to try to predictively tell you where the pencil is going so that kind of helps but it's still no promotion how's the yeah. pencil feel to you so i put the two side by side and I kind of I, I just drew on them both at the at the same time, and I didn't really notice a difference between the two unless you start like going wild and crazy and drawing really fast and like in unpredicted like circles. So kind of like what Renee was pointing out, um, where the A14 does try to predict where you're going. But that being said, obviously the iPad Pro the, the screen refreshes uh, at 120 hertz. The regular iPad Air now has a 60 hertz refresh rate. So the iPad Pro has double the refresh rate. So it, it's 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 just going to be better. It's just going to be a better experience. And I'm guessing next year, I don't know anything at all, but just you know, looking at trends and stuff like that, I'm guessing next year we will get an iPad Pro with the A14X and it will you know, be top dog again, I guess. Yeah. And not that it isn't already. I think a lot of people uh, misunderstood what Apple was kind of preaching when they talked about the A14. The A14 is great. It's fast. It's it's now the iPad Air is now the fastest iOS device or iPad OS device uh, in single core performance. But the iPad Pro has more cores in it. So uh, the iPad Air has six CPU cores, but two of them are low performance cores and four of them are high performance cores. So the A, A12Z, which is in the current iPad Pros, has an eight-core CPU, which is four cores low performance and four cores high performance. So in multi-core, the iPad Pro is going to always beat the iPad Air. Uh, but in, in single-core performance, that's where the iPad Air starts to shine. Okay. Yeah, and something of just note, I guess, it seemed pretty close. So single-core, it's faster, but... Not much faster than the A12Z. And the multi-core, it is faster in the Z, but again, not a ton. So it's they're very close. Yeah, yeah, they are very close. So that's why I'm really curious to see what the A14X or A14C is 
going to be, yeah. And as somebody that spent a lot of time this week waiting for LumaFusion to export, because there's a bug in LumaFusion right now. I know you use it, and I'm I'm curious if you've come across it, where the audio and the video do not sync correctly. And it it, it especially happens on videos longer than 10 minutes. Uh, I I think I've kind of narrowed it down to just stuff that's longer than 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, I've not encountered that. I I have encountered that. Many years ago in Final Cut Pro 10, I was like, this is, it's the most aggravating thing when a bug like that occurs. Yeah. And, and I've kind of, I've asked the people at LumaFusion about this and they gave me a whole bunch of things to try. And the thing that was frustrating was none of those things were the actual fix. I just kept having to export over and over again. And eventually I got a copy that, that looked fine. Um, so that was a little frustrating. So if I could get an A14X or an A14Z that speeds up rendering time, I will take it. So did you do the actual video on the air? Or did you do this one on your Pro? Uh, I started to do this one on the air, but then I realized I had over 300 gigs of footage and I oh. just physically couldn't put all that on the iPad Air. So gotcha. I, did the, I, I did end up doing this one on my Pro. I did a video before. For this one, talking about uh, a company called Editor's Keys, they yeah. put out a new keyboard cover for the Magic Keyboard, uh, specifically for LumaFusion keyboard shortcuts. I did that video on the iPad Air, but I couldn't talk about it because at the time, because uh, embargo, but uh, I did do the edit on that one. And, but the annoying thing was, is I couldn't show that iPad during that video. So like all the filming of that of the iPad in that video is of my 12.9 inch iPad Pro. And I'm guessing you left the end title card as Pro because it might be a giveaway. You're probably not yes. editing on the third generation iPad Air, even though you could have. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I'm going to say yes to that. But honestly, as I'm talking right now, I just realized I, f- I didn't change the template. That, oh, okay. That's a template that I have at the end. And gotcha. I just I accidentally forgot to change it because out of force of habit, I just add that template automatically. and yeah, didn't yeah. even think that it said iPad Pro. So that one's not edited on an iPad Pro. I should <laughs> probably go make like a pin comment or something. But right. uh, edited on an iPad Air, but couldn't have mentioned it was edited on an iPad Air. So right. we'll just say, yeah, I did that because it would have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so A14, it's a beast. It's going to be in iPhones. And I think a lot of that stuff is the neural engine is going to be a big thing. And ph- photography is a huge part of what makes the A14 special. And it's sad that like the iPad has cameras, but they don't spend any time optimizing. Like yeah. LiDAR has no really photography enhancements with the iPad Pro because the lenses are separate. Yeah, I, I didn't even talk about the cameras in my iPad Air review. I, I typically I don't there's only been one review where I talked about the the camera and an iPad, and that was the iPad Pro 2020 because it was one of the only changes to it. Mm-hmm. it. It's just not really something that interests me as a as a device. I don't think the images that you can capture on an iPad are that great. Like I would rather use my iPhone. But even on top of that, I'd rather use my fancy camera. So where I think this eventually soonish will come in handy is LumaFusion's working on an update that adds multi-cam support. And if you have a bunch of extra iPads laying around, iPads are easy to put on keyboard stands to be in a good f- cameraing angle to capture a video. And if yeah. you have a one terabyte model, you can capture a lot of video without filling it up. And it could be a good secondary camera for your multi-cam workflows. Yeah, that would be really interesting. That's actually the first I've heard about that. I didn't know they were working on a multi-cam thing. I'm not on the beta for it. It's weird. It's probably the application I use the most, but I am not on the beta for it. That one's not in the beta cycle yet. They were talking about it on a podcast, Mac Voices with Chuck Joyner. They were talking about oh, okay. uh, kind of the future and what they're working on. That's was I screamed for joy when I heard that they're working a multi-cam because I asked Terry about this I think episode whatever three or four of this podcast when I had her on and uh-huh. it was something I asked her about and they're finally doing it after three years uh, the, the basically Final Cut Pro 10 implementation where you have say four videos playing simultaneously you just tap on what video you want to cut to in real time and you just tap between them as you want to oh change. that would be it, so nice yeah, it's gonna be great I because right now I'm kind of redoing my office right now and I'm kind of getting ready to set up a multi-cam setup. So I have an A-roll shot with me talking in, talking into the camera, but then I'm going to have an overhead shot so you can see the iPad. And I've been putting it off because there's not really an easy way to edit that in LumaFusion other than like putting one of those on top and like turning the opacity down to like 50% and kind of like edit. But even that, that's not a great way to edit, but it, it, yeah. I'm guessing 2021 is when this will 
be rolled out and it's gonna be huge yeah you can use audio to sync it's gonna be great yeah that's uh, hopefully they fix their audio sync bug <laughs> uh it only happens on export it doesn't happen when you're editing so that's yeah. good at least but um that will be really nice i'm just glad they finally added multi-select that has been something i've been asking for since like day one uh because i've been I, I like that that not having multi-clip select has cost me so much time in the past mm. uh like if i mess up a color grade or if i need to go back and change something uh to a bunch of clips that 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 can really make for a bad day (laughs) yeah something they're very on top of is in the current beta that's out there they've got hdr dolby like i'm pretty sure dolby vision support in luma fusion like that's going to be one of the next big updates that rolls out rather soon here they're right on top of it with the phones going to be supporting that. So I hope it supports the uh, iPhone version of HDR capture. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I mean, so the iPhone is technically the way I understand that it works. And I could be completely wrong here. I haven't gotten my hands on one yet. But from what I understand is it just films in 10-bit, uh, 10-bit color. Yep. And then it basically applies uh, Dolby Vision to it in post I don't think it's like filming Dolby Vision live. Maybe I misunderstood. I haven't had a chance for obvious reasons to really look that much into iPhone specs because iPhone event happened and then, you know, I got I got working on uh, other stuff that has yeah. been released and uh, some stuff that has not. Nothing Apple related. I don't sure. I don't know anything more Apple related, just some other stuff that I'm working on. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very curious to see how that goes because uh, I'll be able to start playing around with hdr stuff and i believe do you know does the ipad pro display i think it does hdr content yeah yes uh, well mm, mm, huge sorta. asterisk on that yeah, mm, sort of technically it can but it really actually doesn't get bright enough to support hdr fully uh, so it's like the yeah so technically only one ipad has ever supported hd like really supported oh, hdr yeah, and that the... was the 2017 ones yep. mm-hmm. yeah it, so it was the 10.5 and the 12.9 yeah. of that one those those two were technically the only ones to ever truly to, to support true HDR, but like the current liquid retina displays can't get bright enough, but the iPhones can get bright enough yeah. for that. I, I think it's just because the I, iPad is a much larger display, but supposedly according to the rumors, and again, I don't know anything. The next generation of iPad pros is supposed to get mini led update. And with that, I believe we would get true HDR support. Gotcha. Yeah, that'll be interesting when I start doing some filming with my Mini to boot up my 10.5-inch iPad Pro, which I still have, to just compare what that stuff looks like between the two devices. That would be a very interesting comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, uh, It's not a really good uh, comparison, but I have a HDR HDR 4K TV at my house here, so I'd be kind of curious what 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 that footage looks like on my iPad versus that TV. I I will when I do because I I am gonna go buy an iPhone. Uh, when I do get one, I am kind of really curious about what that ends up looking like. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome with all this. We like creating stuff on iPads. It's a, yeah. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh. Something I'm curious about. So we're talking about multi-core with the Z versus single-core with the 14. What applications actually tap into that multi-core? Is it purely like photo and video editing? Can you think of other things? I mean, it really kind of depends um, on, on your situation, I guess, on, and on what kind of stuff you're using. Obviously, like text editors and task managers, they're, they're going to stick with those low-performance cores. But when you're doing like heavy tasks, if you're pushing a lot of data, that's where those multi-cores can really come in. Uh, I think it was in the iPhone keynote, like the doc. They they were talking about like, oh, here's this doctor that, and they can download these files over 5G, and they're massive files. Well, when you start getting those massive files, they need to be processed, and that's when that multi-core stuff comes in. But that's why Apple on the on their processors, they have the low performance cores and the high performance cores. If you're just doing not anything super intensive, though, that's when you use those low performance cores, and that saves battery. You want to just keep using those. Uh, those high performance cores are really for like the break glass in case of emergency kind of thing. Like yeah. you, you really don't want to have to use them because I, I can tell you right now, like my my iPad battery is fine until I start editing 4K video, and then that's when those high performance cores kick in, and that's when I'll lose like 50 percent battery life in like two hours. <laughs> 
I was just thinking as you're talking, I'd love if there was activity monitor for iOS and you could run oh. it in the dock as that icon yeah. like you can on the Mac to just see the CPU and stuff. That'd be just fascinating. That, that and I really want to see, I really would like uh, on the Mac, there's a tool by Blackmagic that's like basically checks like disk speeds. Yeah. And I would love something like that because that no one can kind of figure out what's going on with external hard drives on the iPad if they really are like limited for some reason, if they're slow. Because sometimes for me, they seem super fast and other times they seem super slow. And I can't quite figure it out. And I don't know if it's something to do with like the different drives that I have. The one that I have used, and this was sent to me for free, so grain of salt here, I guess. Uh, but CalDigit makes this, I believe they call it the Tough Nano, uh, a external hard drive. And that's the one that's worked best for me in the past. Okay. And something I do all the time with my iPad Pro is my screen brightness is maxed out because I'm in some setting, I, I need it brighter. Mm-hmm. How are you finding the max brightness? I know it's a little bit less bright. Is that noticeable at all? The only one that I mess with the brightness on is my iPad Pro uh, when editing video. So the iPad Air, when I when I I've mostly been just keeping it on auto brightness. Okay. Um, and I'm in a pretty well lit room, so like that's been fine. The only time I messed with the brightness was when I was editing that uh, uh, keyboard cover. I turned it up a bit because some stuff was looking fuzzy, and then I realized, oh hey, auto brightness is on. I need to crank this up a little bit so yeah. I can kind of see the the details in the video. Uh, speaking of editing video, I will say. I, I wouldn't want to edit video on this iPad just because the preview window is so small. Yeah. And it's just not, it's not, it's not a great experience. See, so Chris, you need to edit in uh, portrait where it takes up half the screen. Oh, no, 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 landscape, landscape. Uh, Joking. No, no, I want it in my magic keyboard so I can use the trackpad and all I mean, the keyboard shortcuts. The real solution there, Chris. External monitor support with Luminous Fusion, I believe, puts that viewer externally, right? Yeah, but doesn't it? It does something. I've tried that before, and it mm-hmm. does something that I don't like, and okay. I can't remember what it is. It was, I, was it when, when you're scrubbing through, it doesn't, I, I, I know it doesn't show the preview window on the iPad yeah. and the monitor at the same time. It right. only does one or the other. And I did, I know I didn't care for that because like I'd be scrubbing through looking at the timeline oh, and see. have to like look up to see the the monitor or something it was something like it's been so long you need a position you need like a smaller monitor that sits like just identically next to the ipad or something well i've been using this laptop stand now and what i could do is i could put like the monitor at the center and then the ipad off to the left but that just feels like a lot of head turning and i don't I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm my office is in flux right now, because uh, I'm I'm working on a few big projects right now. So I've like had to take a bunch of stuff out and put a bunch of stuff in and move a bunch of stuff around. So once things calm down, probably early next year, I'm going to get a little experimenty when it comes to iPad setups and, and really try a few things because uh, I I think there's some interesting stuff you can do. I just need to have some time right uh, to do it all. Yeah. Put some iPads on some arms that can just float around the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, put, put maybe one of those like autonomous uh, deals that people can remote control and like just drive around. And no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. No, those, no. those things are expensive. I looked at one of those for a joke uh, once and I, I was like, what, like two grand. No, like like it was like 10 or something. Oh, wow. It was ridiculous. No, they, they were they were ridiculously expensive because I was because I, I had the opportunity of doing something, and I was like, oh, this would be really funny in this case. And I was like, okay, I have a number in my head that I'm willing to spend on this. And it went way past that number. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speakers. They're yes. up here, based on just the visual look, to be four speakers on the air. That, no. <laughs> there are only two. And appa- apparently, uh, I have gotten comments all day long about this. Yeah. Uh, apparently, some people said there are four. There are not four. I know this for a fact. Uh, the easiest way to test is play some audio mm-hmm. and put your fingers over the speaker yeah. and see if the audio changes. If the audio changes, audio is coming out of that speaker. Um, <laughs> so no, there are two. Okay. Uh, it looks like there's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like the iPad Pro where there's four. 
But if you're holding that iPad Pro, if the iPad Air, excuse me, names are confusing. Yeah. Uh, iPad Air in landscape with the USB-C port going to the right. So you're looking at the screen, USB-C mm-hmm. ports going to the right. Traditional way of holding an iPad in landscape. Yep. It is the two speakers on the bottom that they're at. They're, the two speakers at the top are, are the hole cutouts. They are fake. purely decoration. Yes, they are for symmetry only. Apple likes symmetry. We've all known this for a while. I don't know why it's surprising anyone uh, right now. Um, so something I heard Renee say on Twitter, I don't know if this is accurate. He said if you like cover the bottom with your hand, it'll magically go out the top speaker. Is that at all? Can that maybe? <laughs> maybe there there's air maybe there's like a gap like like there's some sort of gap that the the audio can the sound waves if you will can, like, uh, can come out that there <laughs> yeah because like you're blocking that path yeah i don't know that's it sounded odd to me i know for a fact there are only two speakers in there yeah. um but like if you put your hand over one of them the audio clearly changes yeah. so um i i will say i'm how are they I don't, like how do they sound they're fine they're they're fine for what they are the yeah. ipad pros are definitely better mm-hmm. it's like homepod mini versus homepod <laughs> yeah which i'm so curious to try i really want one of those homepod minis but i uh i i don't think they're very loud they should be louder and um there's not too much bass to them. They they need more bass. Yeah, I I do love cranking the iPad Pro's volume all the way up. It just sounds so glorious. Yeah. It, yes. Absolutely. I'm not a big fan. I I mean, it's fine for like what it is. If I was like cooking and wanted to listen to a podcast while cooking, it'd be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. But if I was wanting to watch like a movie or something like that, I would want to grab some headphones. Yeah. How do the speakers react when you're in portrait? Does it go mono? Does it change in any way? I can't really tell a difference. Okay. Um, years and years of listening to loud music, I think, has really wrecked havoc on my uh, on my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess one of the last questions is what makes the Pro Pro? So this year, the iPhone 12 is a lot closer to the 12 Pro. And this year, the Air is a lot closer to the Pro. So where's the relationship here between the Air and the Pro? And it's close in price point as well, just like the iPhones are. So there's still a lot of differences between the iPad Air and the iPad Pro. So we already talked about ProMotion, the four-speaker four array, which is just louder. Mm-hmm. The, the A12Z, which gives you more cores, both in gpu and cpu bigger displays um which you know as somebody that if you were drawing or an artist that would make a difference as somebody that edits videos that makes a huge difference for me a a big display is nice face id is the other one face id is definitely kind of like i'm kind of surprised they just didn't figure out a way to make face id cheaper and put it on the ipad air but at the same time i really do like touch id on it i'm glad they engineered this so they can use it in other things Yeah, yeah, and I'm curious if they would. Like, I really don't think it's going to be a one-off thing. Like, I don't think they just engineered it for the iPad Air. Again, no I don't way. know anything. Like, this could be um, in an Apple Watch in the future as well. Yeah, or, like, the base iPad. Like, the base iPad eventually will get a, a redesign. Like, And the one that I'm really excited for is the iPad Mini to get a real yes. redesign. That's, that's the this. one that I... The yes. Air Mini. I want the Air Mini. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like give me give me what the Air is in the mini size. That's what I want. Obviously, like I don't think you would get like the keyboard case or anything like that. No. Nope. But no, I there there's definite stuff that separates the Pro from the the Air, but I think the Air is the default iPad for a lot of people to go with. If you're not doing big creative projects, if you're not drawing with the Apple Pencil, if you aren't needing those four speaker arrays, if you're not watching like a lot of video or, or listening to um, a lot of music and you want it to be super loud, like if you don't need that, I think the iPad Air is the default iPad to go with. It's the getting work done iPad if you're not a creative, basically. <laughs> yeah, and you do, and you don't need that extra screen real estate because right. again because like having that extra screen real estate also means you get better multitasking mm-hmm. totally apps can just take up more space and a bigger keyboard exactly a bigger keyboard full-size keyboard though i will say the 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 team behind designing the uh smaller magic keyboard did a great job i i messed up a couple of times when i'd reach for like the backslash key 
Um, just because like my hand wouldn't, my finger wouldn't go all over just enough just because I'm used to a full size keyboard. When I was just typing normal stuff, it was perfect. I didn't feel like I was messing up because that keyboard was small. Yeah. And I guess the USB-C port has faster offloading for big files. Yes, that was the other thing. I, I, was, I knew there was one more thing. Uh, yeah, USB-C port on the iPad Pro is 10 gigabits per second, whereas opposed to the iPad Air, it's 5 gigabits per second, which is still pretty fast. Yeah. Like, totally fast yeah. enough, yeah. Is that the difference between USB 2 and 3? Is that what that is, or...? No, USB 2 is like 40. No, what was USB 2.0 speeds? It's slow. Let me me look it up really quick because it's actually (laughs) worth knowing. USB 2.0 is 480 megabits per second. I was starting to say 48 megabits per second. No, 480 megabits per second. Because the iPhones are still USB 2. Is that right? I don't think they made ever made it to 3. I, yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they made it to 3 either. Like I can't remember. But USB 3.0 is 5 gigabits per second. So that's what the iPad Air is. And then technically the iPad Air. Wait. Yeah. How's the Pro get faster? <laughs> so the iPad Pro uses. And I can't remember which one it is called now. It's either USB 3.2 or USB 3.1 oh, Gen okay. 2. Interesting. But yeah, that is basically, and that brings it closer to Thunderbolt. But then we're going to have US, no, it, so it's USB 3.1 Gen 2 is what the current iPad Pros have. They renamed it. It used to be USB 3.2. Yeah. And I think USB 3.2, where it's US, or they're changing it to USB 4 now, is going to be the one that has Thunderbolt married into it. Gotcha. That'll be great when Thunderbolt comes to iPad. Yes. I mean, it's it's an eventuality. Thunderbolt is being open source. It's obviously going to be, uh, they're going to build it for Apple Silicon to work with that. So why not put it in the iPad at that point, or yeah. especially the iPad Pro? So the air transfer speeds would be similar probably to the 2017 iPad Pros. I think they were USB just standard three as well. Yes, I believe so too, because uh, they used Lightning and Lightning doesn't have enough bandwidth to do the USB 3 point one j2 yeah the usb consortium if you're listening please fix your names yes please (laughs) please fix your names and for storage 256 is where you max out and it's a basically 150 premium if you do want to go pro at the same storage level yeah so i i I struggled with this the ipad air starts at 64 gigs and i i like the eighth generation ipad that one starts at 32 gigs i don't think that those storage tiers are enough for what you're paying, that's not enough, but also to do anything with. Got to keep in mind, uh, iPad OS eats up about 7 gigs right off the top, so you're going to lose that. If you want to put photos, music, games on there, that's going to eat up storage so quickly. So if you are planning on getting one of these, please, please, please consider the 256 one. I hear from people all day long. I, I Literally, this is the thing that I hear from the most. People buy an iPad, they buy the base iPad or whatever iPad with the, the lowest amount of tears, thinking they're going to save money, and, and right so like they will save money but then they use up all that space and i'll get an email or comment in the youtube channel basically like hey what can i do to make more space and you can't you can't add storage to an ipad you can't there's no. no there's nothing you can do we already talked about this please consider if you're considering getting one of these ipad airs please consider the 256 um but also keep in mind it's a hundred like like tim was saying it's only 150 dollars more to uh, get the iPad Pro. So if you want those extra cores, if you want the slightly bigger screen, if you want ProMotion, if you want the better speakers, Face ID, think faster USB-C, for 150 bucks more, I kind of think that's a good deal. Like, yeah. I kind of, I, I, I mean, if I was looking at that for me, I would, go, I would probably go with the iPad Pro. Granted, I do work from the iPad all day long, so that there's a big asterisk on that, I guess. Right, yeah. Uh, and the colors aren't that exciting enough to sway you down. I don't not think. not me when it comes to like, oh, getting faster transfer speeds because right. I film all my videos in 4K. So it takes a while to transfer all those video files over over 10 gigabits per second. So, yeah. And they still didn't move the camera to the proper place for a webcam. No, it is still technically at the top when it's in portrait because if they did that a lot of people are just like oh i'm just gonna get the air because it's got the webcam placed at the right spot no it's still in the same spot i wouldn't be surprised if it gets moved in the ipad pro now that we have the magic keyboard in the next generation of the ipad yeah. Pro. now that we have the magic keyboard it kind of seems like that would be the natural spot i've done a few uh I, 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 when when the 2020 ipads came out it was kind of like right at the start of covid 
like like right at the beginning of it and everyone was like oh they really should have moved the webcam and or the front facing camera and i was like i don't why like nobody nobody actually uses that and then now being well into covid i couldn't tell you how many video calls i've done off this ipad and uh what i have to do is i have to put my ipad in a uh like a lot ipad stand that raises it up high but it's still not high enough because i'm six one so i have to put books underneath it to raise it up even higher and if they if they just move that front facing camera up to the top i wouldn't have to do that sure yeah and i wonder with ipad os 15 in this year of so many people using zoom and stuff more often if they'll finally address third-party apps and split screen with camera usage and fixing that yeah i i really think that that it's past time that they fix that also the uh they need to introduce multi-stream audio for podcasters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't done a podcast in a while, but doing this one, like the amount of gear I have sitting on my desk just to make podcasting from an iPad work is ridiculous. Um, you should just be able to plug a microphone into the side of the iPad and just be able to do it. Um, but no, I've got one, I've got three pieces of gear plus an iPad plus a microphone sitting on my desk right now. Yep. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of gear to, to do it. <laughs> just Yeah, just to have a Skype call and record the local audio track. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Skype yeah. can record your audio, but you don't want to use that on a podcast. It doesn't sound yeah, great. no. It, it's I mean, if you need a backup, it's there. But yeah, don't use Skype audio as your podcast. No. And uh, awesome video for the review. I really enjoyed watching it. And uh, Thank the, you. Absolutely. Yeah. It was yeah. It was fun to wake up. It's like oh, Chris has a bird review. Let's give this. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was a fun one this morning. I didn't tell anyone about that. I didn't tell anyone I had it. Uh, you're not you're not supposed yeah. to, but I didn't because I wanted that surprise. I, I got a lot of text messages and uh, Twitter messages from you and and, and some other friends on, on the internet that that were really grateful and really really like really you know supportive. That was the word I was looking yeah. for. Um, there it was really nice to just hear from everybody and and it, it was a really interesting morning that's for sure for doing these videos do you like storyboard out things for different shots or what's kind of your creative process for making these so i have been kind of mixing things up recently you might have noticed i've stopped writing what i used to do is i used to write a script record the audio just the audio of me reading that script yeah. edit that audio put that in and then film a bunch of b-roll and put that over that i've stopped doing that because i realized i was doing a disservice to my me myself and my channel where i was cutting out my personality and apparently that's something people actually like i didn't who who knew <laughs> um but yeah so i i've started doing more a-roll talking head so what i've been doing now is i'll write an outline for how i want it to go kind of a loose outline so just so I don't forget talking points and stuff like that. Uh, like I mentioned, I don't remember if this was while we were recording or not, but uh, my iPad Air review was originally 45 minutes long. So there is no way I'd remember everything in nope. that out or that that I wanted to say. So I outline everything. We'll record the A-roll, me talking into it. I'll edit that A-roll. And then what I'll do is as I'm editing that A-roll, I'll just kind of pay attention to where I think B-roll should go. And I'll write down a time code for that B-roll and then like a quick note of what I think that B-roll should be. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll go back and put that in. It's a bit of a tedious task. Um, I, what I would like to do for smaller videos is I would like to have a multi-cam setup so I can do like top-down shots and then just cut between the two cameras um, for smaller videos. But for big videos like this that I know are going to be seen by a lot of people and stuff like that, I, I, I still want to film that B-roll because I, I do enjoy it. It just it takes a lot of time. I think I spent about uh, six hours filming B-roll for that video. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So it, take, it takes a lot of time to film that kind of stuff. Do you hang on to old iPhones like for multicam stuff in the future? Um, I have my last two iPhones, so I have I have an iPhone 10 and 10s around here somewhere. Okay. Um, I think Apple is doing a really nice trade-in deal. Um, I was telling you, I uh, before we started recording, I actually have to buy my iPhone this year. Uh, because my my day job, they're they're not buying them this year for for the people that are on the on the company plan yep. so i might trade in my iphone 11 pro max just because they're giving a, a really good trade-in value for that and that cuts about 500 dollars off the cost of an iphone so could you trade in not? a 10r and have equally good trade-in or not so much maybe i i didn't really put it push it um when when you do like when you did the pre-order thing they just asked about one phone there wasn't an option to put in another phone oh i meant instead I, 
Like I'm curious what the difference. Oh would be. no, it was it was less. Okay. Um, but to be honest, like I was fine trading this phone in. I, I'm not going to keep it around. I like yeah. I'm I'm fine using my current phone as a second camera gotcha. angle. Like so, I because I know it's going to be the best camera. So I'd rather use the iPhone 12 than the iPhone 11. And you don't need 20 multi cams. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't need that. I'm not. I'm not doing some like live production of yeah. so, uh something. I don't know, a musical. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't need that. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. Also check out your keyboard cover LumaFusion video. It's short and sweet and really shows off that cover really nicely. And I kind of want one of those just for when I'm editing. Almost. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No. They're they're really. It's it's a really nice thing. If you're getting into LumaFusion or or pro in LumaFusion but want to learn all the keyboard shortcuts, uh, they're really nice to have. Um, not sponsored or anything, but they did send it to me for free. So Yeah, cool deal. Well, uh, where can people find your channel? If you go to YouTube, you can type in Christopher Lolly. That's L-A-W-L-E-Y. Uh, I am, I'm the one that's not the folk singer. If you go to the folk singer, you went to the wrong channel. You should do uh, like a partnership for a video. That could be interesting. That, oh, <laughs> a collab. That would be amazing. You can <laughs> sing like a folk song. Um, now I keep making that joke on every podcast that I guess on. I need to come up with a better joke, but yeah, no, I'm the non-folk singer one. So, okay. uh, I'm the, I'm the iPad one. Cool. Well, thanks Chris for your time. I know it's been a crazy day for you and yeah, congrats again on, uh, doing this awesome review. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Well, that was my interview with Chris, all about the new iPad Air. My thanks to Chris for his time recording this episode and to you for your time and attention tuning in. My thanks again to Drafts for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at GetDrafts.com and download it today to get started with one of the best text utilities for iPad OS. With that, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of iPad Pros. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon.